Okay, wonderful people of my take, I have a really exciting opportunity to tell you about. I am a brand ambassador for Sierra Madre Golf. For those of you who don't know, I'm a college golfer. I'm actually going into my senior year, which makes me really sad. But I have never been one to adhere to really strict traditions when it comes to golf. I, up until this year, played with a pink golf ball. I have a glove that doesn't have fingers, like I do all those things. And Sierra Madre is a brand that makes female golf clothes that are not necessarily edgier, but they're definitely different. They're more flattering. They're more free. They have dresses and things that are slightly cropped and stuff. And I just really love their pieces. I have the mock neck tee, and I think it's the perfect practice round, practice shirt, love it so much it's a great alternative to a polo and so you guys can get 10 percent off your order if you click the link below or if you use code maya g all caps when you check out so yeah definitely go check out sierra madre and even if you're not a golfer it's great workout athletic attire they have great options and tag me in pictures if you buy things so yeah Okay, so today I am returning my take to the world of Greek mythology because I finally read Circe. Now, if you know me and if you've been a fan of my take for a while, you know back in 2020 or 2021, I read the Song of Achilles back when everybody was posting themselves crying and screaming at the end of it, and I just didn't find it that sad, like say what you will about it but it just I didn't think it was that sad and so I was like I think I'll like the story of Circe better because it's a more feminist story and I don't know if anybody's gonna get this reference but people who played the online game or I don't even know if it was online but the game Bookworm Adventures like a long time ago this was definitely a long time ago because I remember playing with my mom on like an old ass computer like not even a laptop fully, like monitor, computer, that whole setup. Um, One of the villains in that game is Cersei because all the villains are based off of like mythological characters or like literature and stuff. And so I always was like fascinated by her as a character. So I knew I would like her book better. I was just scarred after reading Song of Achilles and being like let down by everybody's reaction that it took me a while to read it but I was in a recycled bookstore near me and they had a copy and I was like well I feel like it's time I'm in a little bit of a Greek mythology kick right now so I was like I feel like it's time to read it and I did and I really liked it it was definitely a slow read but it was very good and I'm glad I gave it a shot because it definitely changes my opinion on Madeline Miller and makes me really excited that she's writing a Persephone book that I assume will include Hades because why would it not include Hades? Like Hades and Persephone are the best. But yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this book and make this episode books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about whether this read to anyone who listens, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I am Maya Ghosh, and this my take. So as always with the book, we're going to start with a little bit on the writing. And actually, 
before we get into the writing, I have to give compliments to this cover because this cover is absolutely gorgeous. I think it's beautiful. The like metallic orange is just, it's great. I also need to say that the entire time I was reading this book, there was a particular song stuck in my head and that song is Golden Age by Jay Maya. Jay Maya is an Indian American musical artist who I am obsessed with and honestly any book lover will be obsessed with her because she is a song called Library Card, a song called Miss Protagonist, like she's so many amazing songs but Golden Age is all about like women in history and the song starts with the lyric Circe was divine, a tale of pearls before the swine, an empress, a brilliant sorceress and then the lovers scorned and that's how the story's told, hold the rest they stole the magic and so it's all about like remembering women in history for more than just kind of like their role in relation to men and of course that song was running through my head the entire time I was reading this book because it starts off talking about Cersei but besides all that talking about the writing the writing the biggest thing I have to say is it's in To Kill a Mockingbird point of view which I don't think is an actual thing but basically the very first time I read the book To Kill a Mockingbird it's told through Scout's point of view but it's older Scout looking back at her youth And this is Cersei kind of at the end of the book looking back and like retelling her story. And so anytime I read a book where it's narrated by a character looking back on their story, I think of it as To Kill a Mockingbird. And so I call it To Kill a Mockingbird point of view because that was the first book I read that had that point of view. So there was that, which actually made it really interesting because you see Cersei like thinking about, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself or, oh, we'll talk about that later. And it's kind of fun to read a book like that where you know the narrator knows more than you but it's not like it's a third person narrator like Cersei's telling her own story but she's telling it from a distinct perspective which is cool like I mentioned earlier the book is definitely a little bit of a slower read for me Madeline Miller writes incredible prose she's such a like detailed descriptive author like okay I'm just opening up to a random page and I am going to read a random paragraph. Among the gods, there are few who have the gift of prophecy, the ability to peer into the murk and glimpse what fates will come. Not everything may be foreseen. Most gods and mortals have lives that are tied to nothing. They tangle and wend now here, now there, according to no set plan. But there are those who wear their destinies like nooses, who live, whose lives run straight as planks, however they try to twist it is these that our prophets may see. So just like the level of prose that she has is really incredible and it's great and it makes for great storytelling and especially with an ancient Greek novel that really relies on being this big epic story with fates and gods and everything like it really lends itself to the book. It does just make it a little slower to read because it's not as like first person I'm doing this I'm doing that whatever point of view doesn't take away from the book it just like makes the reading experience a little different um I think besides that like I don't have that much to say on the writing I feel like I should like this is a book I can definitely read in a class setting and dissect a lot more but I just did not do that I was there for Cersei and her story and to like see what happened and everything so that is all I have to say on the writing and now we are going to jump into the plot Okay, so for the plot, I'm kind of just going to talk through the notes that I took and the reflections that I had. 
first of all, we start off at the very beginning of Cersei's story, and I just, like, I knew it was part of her arc that she's supposed to be, like, treated like shit by the men in her life, and honestly, even her mom, but, like, she's supposed to be the outsider, the outcast, like, these bad things are supposed to happen to her early on in life, but just because I knew that that was her arc didn't make it any easier to read, like, I hated reading how she was treated by her father and her siblings and like I just really wanted better for her and with um I forgot his name but the guy she turns into that giant monster because she wants to be with him and he just like turns on her and is like oh well you're ugly and like I want this nymph and stuff like she deserves so much better and people should have like seen and recognized her talent but of course they don't which means she gets exiled to her island and she really starts to thrive on her island for the first time she's her pet lion and i love that she like is so one with nature and the animals and like i was obsessed with the whole pet lion thing and she's a fling with hermes which like pros and cons hermes in different iterations of greek mythology is a different person like in a touch of darkness hades is like the best greek god we know that's not hades or persephone and i think in i was gonna say harry potter it's not harry potter percy jackson i think in percy jackson hermes is the cabin where if you haven't been claimed by your godlike parent you go to the hermes cabin it's either hermes or hephaestus i can't remember but like he's painted in a better light there but in this light you really see like the god of mischief and the messenger of the gods like you see his more not dark side but that kind of other side to him that you wouldn't necessarily see in something written for middle grade or something written to be like a romance story like a touch of darkness but I honestly kind of liked the fling with Hermes I liked that she was getting some sort of human connection and then arguably her best human connection comes when her sister summons her because her sister fucked a holy cow which just I don't even know what to say about that I cows are also sacred in India I mean I know in this story in Greek mythology it's only like Helos's cows that are sacred or something but in general cows are sacred in India so just saying that sentence was really weird to me but she has this like half human half bull child which ends up being the minotaur and his birth was so graphic the fact like the detail that was gone into that i was so so grossed out about that and i also felt bad for daedalus because just because he made the little wooden cow that cersei's sister could ride in doesn't mean it's his fault like she still chose to do that with the cow so Yeah, but I did enjoy seeing how many different myths Cersei's life touched, right? Like, we see the Minotaur, and we see Daedalus, and we see Icarus, because Icarus is his son, and we see the loom, and, like, we see, um, we see Adrian, and how she is involved with the Minotaur, and how she helps, I think Jason kills the Minotaur? No. She helps whoever kills the Minotaur, kill the Minotaur. And it's just, like, really interesting to see all of these big myths that, like, we've known about 
in some sense or the other. Like, I've heard of Jason and the Argonauts. I've heard of the Minotaur separately, but seeing kind of, like, the interconnected webs that hold them together was really interesting. Then, after this, because she's separated from Daedalus, I'm sure I said that three different ways, the three different times I said that, and I'm not going to say it again. Ancient Greek is not my strong suit, okay? We're just going to, we're going to live with it. And once the Percy Jackson show comes out and they're giving us the correct pronunciations, I will learn them. But for now, we're just rolling on. Um, once she's back on her island, though, she starts her whole, like, turning men into pigs phase. And it's really great as, like, a feminist moment and as the fact that she's, like, taking back power in these situations and everything but it also reflects like how men see her and how awful the situation was for women back then and like how just like terrible and horrible and gross people can be and I know it's not just back then I know that there's plenty of men that like see things similar now maybe if not like directly like there are lines that can be drawn from then to now in terms of the thinking that some people have and it sucks so like it just it's a whole thing and then she meets Odysseus and they have their whole moment and it was really interesting to me reading her with Odysseus and then seeing his story when Odysseus's wife and other son return to the island because you see her with Odysseus on her own and you think okay this is good for Cersei she's making a connection you know Odysseus gave her her child which then she performs her own c-section to cut her own child out of her and I was horrified and I'm so grateful for modern technology and medicine when I was reading that but back to my point it's really interesting to see that because the stark difference in his character and how like he from one point of view is something good for Cersei but from another point of view is something like really awful and just like not the best kind of person and like always focused on himself and finding more treasure and going on more adventures and stuff and so that was really interesting to see that dichotomy of course dichotomy is also a word in the J. Maya song Golden Age she goes we can be sweet with a vicious streak call that dichotomy which I love and I want to use that as an Instagram caption at some point I don't know what but I want to use it as an Instagram caption at some point anyways that is a tangent speaking of cutting her child out of her she does that and I was just like so proud of her with her son because she goes through so much with him and like not having nymphs around not having like seen a lot of births and stuff like having to do that all on her own even though she does have the advantage of like witchcraft and everything still must have been really hard and I felt for her really bad and then I hated that she was pitted against Athena because I want to love Athena and every single iteration of every single Greek mythology thing ever I want to love Athena she is the OG like badass feminist queen that we all loved as kids and we all wanted to be Athena because we didn't know how many other badass people there were in like Greek mythology but we were like oh Aphrodite is just about beauty we all want to be like Athena like there were two girls there were the Aphrodite girls and Athena girls and I was definitely an Athena girl and now like 
I've broadened my perspective. I like Artemis. I like a lot of other Greek gods and goddesses. And, like, I appreciate the range there is. Like, I really like Persephone after reading A Touch of Darkness. And, like, I said, I'm very excited for Madeline Miller's Persephone book. But because Athena was the OG, I want to like her in everything. And, like, we love her in Percy Jackson because she's Annabeth's mom. And so, like, there's just such a big, strong, loving attachment to her. And the fact that we're pitted against her sucks for me on a personal level. But it was really cool to see what Cersei was able to do and how she was able to protect herself and literally feel like she was holding up the world to protect her son. And, of course, her son is then like, well, I've only ever seen this island, so I want to go explore and adventure and find my father and ends up being the one that kills his father but not really because Odysseus should have slowed down and calmed himself and he didn't and so he scraped himself with the spear that had the poison from that monster that Cersei fought which was another badass thing and the fact that literally nobody was willing to like touch the poison and she was just willing to touch it and so he was like yeah here have the tail without touching it I was like people are weak just be willing to do something I mean I say that I'd probably be fucking scared out of my mind doing that but you know sitting on the outsider perspective I can pass judgment anyways that happens and then her son comes home and I love this little like found family situation we have with Penelope and Telemachus it is a little weird eventually that she falls in love with Odysseus's son because she's technically his stepmother And I know this is not, like, the weirdest thing to happen in Greek mythology. Like, I know the tale of Oedipus. But still, when I think about it too much, it was a little weird. But I loved seeing her finally fully have that love and seeing her have her, like, mortal ending that she always wanted because she always did associate with mortals and, like, be able to really find peace with herself and who she was. Like, it ended on a very happy note, and I was very happy for that, despite the weird family dynamic but yeah that is all I have to say about Cersei I did really love this book I gave it a four stars it definitely is much better than Song of Achilles in my mind keeps me open to reading more Madeline Miller I love Cersei as a character she's so badass and I did not have as thorough of an appreciation for her as I did and before reading this book and now I'm glad I do and I want to learn more about like her lore and read into other myths and tales and stuff and yeah I just think it was really good and a really great book and yeah I have been Maya Roche and this has been my take on Cersei by Madeline Miller thanks for listening so we're kind of a one-woman show here at my take so the credits are not going to be very long this podcast is produced and edited um by me i do all of my own social media the only person i really have to thank is one of my great friends paris who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now so thank you paris and thank you all for listening you can reach me at underscore my take on twitter and instagram and please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast that helps a ton so yeah thanks for listening